Welcome to All Up In My Lady Business. I am your host, Mary Nisi. On this podcast, I'll explore the fine line between having it together and losing your shit. Here I share my journey as an entrepreneur, a mom, a wife, a DJ, and randomly a beekeeper. I have no shame and no filter except the ones I use on Instagram. My stories of resilience, a little structure, and a lot of resourcefulness can show you how to take those same things and live your life with your whole ass. Thanks for listening. All right. I am so excited that I am back with you guys to be in podcast land with you. It has been a longer break than I thought. I have missed this place to speak into a microphone, tell you about all the bullshit I'm back on and perhaps some bullshit that I have gotten off of. So many things have happened since the last time I rapped at you, which was, if you're listening to this in real time, mid-December, I think, 2022. 2023 as a concept is something that I'm having a hard time accepting. It looks weird. Like when I write it on things, it's the first year that's felt super future-y. You know, like when I type it out, it looks wrong. Like how can that even be a real year? It looks like a joke. It's very George Jetson. You know, off topic, I had to put Sebastian's graduation year on some form and I had to, I couldn't figure it out. Like I couldn't do the math in my head to figure out like when he was going to graduate from high school. So I, there's a graduation year generator on the internet because of course there is. And that math made my brain hurt. And he graduates from high school in 2032. Like which, like what even is that? Like what is 2032? It's the year my son is graduating from high school. What is that? Anyway, in that time, that since the last time I was here with you, I went skiing and I went to Panama again for that yoga retreat that I went to last year. I got a really just an incredible new assistant who has revolutionized my life. And we actually started a process of actually like strategizing episodes and they'll be like less literally pulled out of my whole ass every week. So that's going to be very exciting. You know, this new season was supposed to start a month ago, but due to it being a bit of an ambitious concept to try to cram in recording before I went to Panama and I, I really wanted to, but it wasn't going to happen. So that pushed it back. And then when I got back, I was flown to Ohio to teach a positively baller DJ company at this like. DJ summer camp thing that they do. I guess it's not summer camp. I guess it's just DJ camp, winter camp. That was going to be happening. And when I came back from Panama, I had to get ready for that. And then I had some work things that kind of got crazy. And then I had some time vampires and some peace bandits that have tried to wreck my vibe, but it didn't work. It's been kind of crazy in my brain since I got back from Panama, like it's, I mean, there's been a lot of really kind of heavy things that have happened to me since I got back and my thoughts were racing and I was having a really hard time, like trying to complete tasks. And I've been like, I don't know. I just was feeling kind of nuts. And then this morning I realized that I ran out of my ADHD medication like two weeks ago. Like I placed the order and then in like perfect ADHD fashion, I forgot to pick it up. And so I've spent like the last two weeks having like really bad racing thoughts and I've been like, you know, unable to finish anything and I've been moody and then I've been kind of having crazy thoughts. Like I've been thinking about those weather balloons and they're probably aliens that are going to come and like, and then today I like 
I take like a cereal bowl of supplements every day. So many, like it's a laughable amount of supplements and then like medication that I take. And I look and I open up the thing that I sort my pills into and I dumped them into like the lid and I realized that the orange pill wasn't there. And I'm like, wait a minute, where's the orange pill? And so then I realized that the orange pill is my ADHD medication. And then I forgot to like follow through on the order when I placed the order and didn't pick it up. And so I like placed the order again. I called Walgreens. I placed the order again. And then I went and picked it up. And oh my God, it is, I am like on top of the world. Like I am flying high. Like I hate that I have to take this much like medication and pills to make me be able to fully function. Like it makes me kind of feel like I'm in Blade Runner and that this is all playing out like some kind of bad science fiction novel. But it's still science and I believe in that for sure. So I'm feeling great right now. So as I mentioned earlier on, we went skiing. We went skiing the week after Christmas. Actually, it was like this was the week after New Year's. We actually we flew to Breckenridge for for New Year's Day. And you know, I've I've talked about this accident that I had, you know, I tore my ACL in the winter of 21. And then we went back and I tore that in Breckenridge. And that was the first time I'd ever been to Breckenridge. We normally go to Park City and I torn my ACL and skiing and it sucked. And when that happened, I was laying there and I might've told the story already, but whatever, it's my podcast. You can hear something again. When I fell and it, and I felt the little pop and then I laid there for like 10 minutes because I was trying to convince myself that I wasn't hurt. I was like questioning why it happened to me. I was trying to find the way, like karmically, what I'd done to deserve that. Cause I'd just come off of like a year of COVID that had just wrecked my business and made work so horrible. And just the general shittiness of COVID that we were all kind of dealing with. And I was like, what did I do to deserve this? And like, I thought, like, I was like laying there. I'm like, is it cause I line jumped for the COVID vaccine? Cause I did. I, I got my COVID vaccine like way earlier than most people did. I line jumped. And I was like thinking that that's the reason why I got, why, why I was like hurt myself. Like, I, like, what did I do to deserve that? And I, I needed that trip so badly. Like, how could the universe be fucking me over this hard? And like, I thought I was a bad person. Like, it felt like the pandemic, and I'm sure this sounds really self-absorbed. And I know the pandemic was really bad for a lot of people, especially people who lost people or died. I mean, I understand that. But like, my business was hurt. I mean, people in the wedding industry is hurt. I mean, wedding industry's jobs were hurt, but it just sucked. I just felt like, why is this affecting me more than my friends? And I just have this very punitive idea of like, why I was affected by, I, I really was messing, I was really messed up <laughs> about the whole thing. And I had to rehab my knee really quickly and thoroughly. Like I had to be able to get my knee back because I had to work in a couple of months. Like I, that happened at the beginning of April and I had weddings starting in May or June. So I only had like two or three months to like get to the point where I could like stand and lift gear and, you know, be able to operate again. And I also want to be able to ski again and do yoga and basically not do that thing where you like, oh, I had a bad injury when skiing when I was like in my mid forties and I just never did it again. Like, that's just not, that's not going to be me. Like, I can't be that person that like my body just starts slipping away. And then all of a sudden I have like hollow bone syndrome by the time I'm 57. Like, I, I just like, I need to stay strong forever. And it bums me out. Like, I don't know. I just don't want to get injured and have me just slip into like old age. I want to be like limited by my desire to do things, not if I can physically pull them off. So anyway, after I got hurt, I like did everything that the doctors told me to do. Like I, you know, apparently when they do rehab estimations for people, they assume they're only going to do a quarter of what they tell you to do. So like I, but I didn't know that and I did everything. And like, I was lucky because I have great insurance 
you know, from my husband's company. Like I, we have his insurance and I work for myself so I could like take two weeks off after surgery and not do anything. And then I could, you know, go to physical therapy twice a week and, you know, no one was, you know, telling me I couldn't. Like it was, I recognized my privilege on this one. And I was able to ski again February 2022 in Utah last year. Like we went to Utah, got back on the horse. And then this year, 2023, I planned this trip to Breckenridge to like go back. So I only got to ski one day before I hurt myself. I was actually calling this trip my Brecken Revenge because I wanted I wanted to like come and like, you know, show that show that mountain who's boss. But I also wanted to go and see how awesome it was. Like, you know, when we were there the year before, John, he was he was trying so hard to like not like be so positive about it, but he but he basically told me like after surgery and everything, he's like, that was like the best skiing that he'd ever had was that the two days after I hurt myself. I'm like, all right, so I gotta go back to see how great this place is that John like was I mean, we've skied some really great ski times and for him to say that Breckenridge is better than anything else, I was like, fuck you, man, I gotta get back there. I gotta get my Brecken revenge. So we take this trip. The flight got delayed when we were leaving Chicago on New Year's Day. And then like, then they were like, oops, we have to change planes. I mean, it took forever. We were, and like, I didn't eat correctly. And like, I am like, I mean, I'm sure most people are awful when they're hangry, but like, I'm, I cannot go more than three hours without eating. It is like the worst. And like, I didn't eat for like seven hours and we were supposed to get in at four o'clock. We didn't wind up getting in until like closer to nine. And there was some snafu with the hotel and like, it just sucked getting to where we were staying. But as we were driving into Breckenridge, off the highway, I started kind of, kind of having a panic attack. Like I started like kind of like getting really anxious and, you know, again, I'm hungry and John and Sebastian are hungry and tired and everyone's, you know, everyone's pissed and we roll into town and I'm like, Oh boy, this might not have been a good idea. And then we, we go to the hotel and I don't know how I did this, but I got us a room at the exact same place that we had stayed the time before. And I didn't realize I did that. And not only that, when I got to the room, like we pulled into the into the garage, and I'm like, oh fuck! I like wept in my car in this garage like two years earlier, and I'm like, kind of having a panic attack, and I'm like, you know, we pull into the parking spot and we get up to the room, and I were in the room across the hall from the one we stayed with before. I'm like, why is the universe doing this to me? And so we get into the room, and I like burst into tears. I'm like back at this place that stole an entire year of my life. It caused me all this pain and trauma. And I just sat and I like, I, you know, like when we were there earlier, I like, I sat in that room across the hall, like drinking my ass off and watching Bridgerton. And, you know, so like I have, there's so much stuff wrapped up in like the shame I have and just anger and just shit with being back in that hotel. So I like walk in the door and, I like couldn't do it, you know, like I rolled in and that room that where all that trauma happened was right there. I just started crying and freaking out. Like I was freaking out, like I, which I never do. Like I couldn't get in control of my emotions, which isn't normal. Like normally I've got a pretty good handle on my emotions and like John's hungry and angry and Sebastian's a mess. And like, we kind of got into like a pretty big fight. He like could not understand what was going on. And I was, but I was having like a total anxiety attack. And it's like every vacation that we've had since the pandemic has been really fucked up. And I don't know if it's because I've like built it up in my head or just the world's really fucked up right now and nothing just goes smoothly. But I was just like, why can't I just go on vacation 
you know, and I, and I realized I had a lot of unresolved trauma and I couldn't believe that it was just like working itself out in real time when I'm like on a vacation that I really need and whatever. Anyway, so the next day there's a gondola that you take to go from town up to the base of the, of the resort. And we're in the gondola and someone mentions something about their knee brace. And all of a sudden I was like, fuck, I forgot my knee brace. And so after my doctor cleared me to ski, I got this like custom made knee brace that goes like on my knee underneath my ski pants so that when I'm skiing, I have like an extra layer of like, you know, security on it. And I had used it last year when I skied, but then this year I just completely forgot. I just absolutely just forgot to bring it. And I'm supposed to wear it every time I ski. And so I'm going up the gondola and I'm like, what, the, what am I going to do? Like, I, like I need, I need a brace. And I'm texting my friend Jane, whose daughter was watching our cats. And she's like, okay, I'll go get it and FedEx it to you. So she goes to my house and gets the knee brace. And she's like getting ready to FedEx it to me. And I go up to the base of the mountain. And I was having ski school because I always do a ski lesson, like the first right out of the gate. I go up to the guy that's teaching it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of panicking because I just, I had ACL surgery two years ago. And I forgot my knee brace. And I was supposed to bring it. My friend's going to FedEx it to me. But I'm kind of worried about what to do. And And he goes, you know, it's interesting. My wife had a full ACL tear too. And she got a knee brace and she wore it for seven years. She wore this brace or three years. Maybe it was three years. I think she she wore this brace for three years. And for whatever reason, she goes to look up the paperwork from when she had the surgery. And she realizes that she was wearing her knee brace on the wrong knee. Like she'd had the surgery on her left knee and she'd been wearing the brace on her right knee for three years. And so he was like, those braces are, they're largely psychological. Like, you know, your, your ACL repaired knee is probably stronger than the one that wasn't hurt. And, you know, so, I mean, you know, I think you're going to be okay. He's like, you don't quote me on that. But, you know, he's like, my wife had the exact same surgery. And so it was really weird that I got put in front of the right guy to tell me a random story that helped me feel better. I mean, maybe he made it up. Who knows? But it was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And, you know, I was like, okay, I can do this. I, and so I went into the lesson and, you know, and we're skiing. And like, while I was out there in the lesson, Jane calls me and she's like, I'm at FedEx and it's going to be $200. And because there was a huge storm, it's not even going to get there for three days. So you'll only get to wear it for the last two days you're there. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to be okay. And I was, it went on to be like the best skiing that we've ever had. And part of it, I mean, we got tons of snow while we were out there, but the skiing was so good. Like Sebastian did two days of lessons so that, you know, he could, you know, get his legs underneath him. And he really loves to ski in trees. He started getting into trees last year, which is crazy. You know, even two years ago, he was also doing trees, but last year he was really into trees and I kind of tried it, but I wasn't super aggressive on it. And then, because we were in Park City last year and it wasn't, their tree runs aren't that good, but oh my God, at Breckenridge, they were amazing. And like, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I don't know if it was the lesson I got or my, just my general confidence, but like we just skied in the trees the whole time and it was super fun. And I'm just like so grateful that not only was Sebastian, like, because I don't think I would try it if John was trying to talk me into it. Cause I don't think I, like, I think my confidence wouldn't allow me to try that kind of thing. But, you know, with Sebastian doing it, it's like, well, he has so many like limitations put on him that he loves skiing. And the fact that he wants to go into the trees, it's like, okay, this is something that he's good at. That is not necessarily an easy thing to do. And 
I want to be able to be there with him and see him do it. And it, like, it's amazing how like his desire to do this gave me the confidence to try something that I'd never thought I'd be able to do. I don't know. It's like I'm learning so much from my kids how to put myself in seriously dangerous skiing situations. But it was really fun. It's like a whole thing to be adding trees into my skiing rapport. Anyway, you know, I've had a lot of like traumatic things happen to my body. I mean, I had my pain issues that I was having prior to my back problems, but prior to having Sebastian and then, you know, the C-sections and then the 10 years of chronic pain and, you know, other things. Like one day I was in my bathroom and I broke a mason jar and as I was cleaning it up, I'm like, where's all this blood coming from? And then I like looked and I had like blood gushing out of my Achilles tendon and I had like accidentally cut like 25% of my Achilles and I was like in a boot and like, you know, I've had double bunion surgery and I guess perimenopause is also a terrible nightmare. Anyway, I've had all these things happen to my body. You know, I was kind of trying to figure out what the original lesson of that original tear showed me was that I was kind of a thoughtless skier. And I, you know, I would always kind of go like a little bit better than my, I try to ski faster or harder or harder things than my ability. Like I'm a little bit reckless. And I almost always do a lesson at the first day of my ski trip. And the time I tore my ACL, I didn't take a lesson. You know, I'm kind of very much a trial by fire person, but I think the time I tore my ACL, it was just trying to slow me down. I don't think it was karmic redemption. I think what it really was, was that it was like, I had been running on all systems because of the pandemic. I, I was hyper vigilant at all times. And, you know, I didn't take a lesson, you know, that day. And I was trying to keep up with some people that were better skiers than me. And I think that what this ACL tear was trying to do was to slow me down. And a lot of things have changed since that last day. I quit drinking. I've become like really into meditating. And I think part of the reason why, you know, not only was I skiing well, but I felt better skiing. And I think I was able to deal with the trees because, you know, in trees you can't, you have to like, you're changing direction a lot and like, you know, sticks can come from out of nowhere. I was able to be in the moment. And it's like, while I was in there, like I was really in the moment, like it was a very much like a, it's not the destination, it's the journey like type thing. I felt like while I was skiing, I was in the moment. And I was really able to like be there with my family and do something we all love doing. And we all kind of take pride in how good we do it. You know, it's like all we had was that moment. Like the only guaranteed thing was that moment that we were living in. And I literally had, this, I had a thought, like a really weird thought where I'm like, you know what? This is so wonderful. Like it's kind of worth the risk to like be able to experience something like this. It was weird. It was very, I was having a very groovy like successories poster, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take kind of moment. But you know, when I was in that snow that day, I was thinking why that was happening. I think it was the universe trying to make me slow down, that I was mindlessly skiing and mindlessly kind of going through life. And, you know, it made me slow down. It made me have to pay attention to my physical body, you know, to get ready for weddings again. And it also made me realize that like, not only can I not do anything mindlessly anymore, I don't, I don't think I want to, or I don't think I can just do anything mindlessly anymore. Like I, I don't know. It made me realize that I'm, I don't know, felt like I was kind of like stepping into my power. I know that sounds kind of weird, but, and a weird thing to admit on a podcast. Maybe I'm losing everybody at that point, but I don't know. It just sort of feels like things simultaneously get harder and easier at the same time. But I don't know, maybe just when you get older, you're just better equipped to deal with it. 
I guess the lesson of all of this is slowing down, you know, kind of living in the moment and kind of really taking stock of like what is important and, you know, what I want to do. And, you know, I started this business because I didn't know what else to do with myself and it was working out and, you know, I, it made me money and I am able to cross a lot of things off the goal list. And with the pandemic, you know, I had been kind of doing a lot of random stuff, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Cause after I had Sebastian, I didn't want to be DJing, you know, 60 events a year. And, you know, and I was kind of feeling like I was kind of done with Toast and Jam, but then the pandemic pulled me back in and made me realize that I love this company and I don't, you know, I want to DJ again and I want to like be a part of it. And I've worked harder in the past three years than I've ever worked in my life. But then, you know, after I tore my ACL and that kind of slowed me down from the business of the pandemic, I had to kind of relearn my skills and kind of shifting my perspective on what I want and what I need to do and, you know, one of my goals for this year is we're going to be hiring a, a new operations person and I am, you know, trying to get my systems together and get the right people in place because I want to change some stuff in my life. And that's what this year is about is getting my businesses under control and kind of getting out of them. So that's the first episode of this season. Hope you guys loved it and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to All Up In My Lady Business, a podcast from a Mary Nisi production. It is written by me, Mary Nisi. It is edited by Emilia Ruby with Softer Sounds. It is recorded at the Toast and Jam offices in Logan Square in Chicago, Illinois. And it is also sometimes recorded in the attic of my house in Evanston. You can find resources and links from this episode in the show notes at allupinmyladybusiness.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, and you did, smash that subscribe button and send it to somebody whose ass could be a whole lot holer. Oh, and also, if you're the kind of person that reviews things on the internet, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help people find the show. And don't forget, whatever you do this week, do it with your whole ass. Thanks for listening.